Welcome to After All, a cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of The Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher. And I'm Sylvia McCann. And welcome to the show, guys. This is episode four, Divorce Isn't Everything. And uh, according to IMDb, I was actually really excited for this episode, according to IMDb, Rhoda convinces Mary to join the Better Luck Next Time Club, an organization for divorced people, so they can take advantage of its discounted charter flights to Paris. So, Mom, I don't know about you, but I was expecting a little bit more substance. Um, (laughs) A little bit, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it was a fun episode. But it was overall, I think we we both felt it was a little bit silly and, and kind of not slapsticky because it wasn't no. a physical comedy, but kind it of a was so sticky stick. Yeah, it was super sticky. And and the, the, the these these kind of uh, characters that came in during the meeting were all very uh, cartoonish, almost mm. in their in their appearance, in their the way they in their repugnancy, in their repugnancy, in their in their loserness. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But trust Roy, he knows. He can spot a loser at a mile away. Yes, indeed. I was expecting, I mean, we've been spoiled. So far, the first three episodes of the series have been uh, not necessarily digging deep into serious issues, but definitely grazing the surface of more profound concepts and issues with, you know, being a single woman Mm -hmm. and being a mother and what all of being a professional and what all of this means, right? So I hear divorce in the title and I'm like, ooh, Oh, they're going to dig deep into divorce. I think one of the things that, that I think one could take from this episode is... You get to know Mary a little bit more, and mm-hmm. you get to know Rhoda a little bit more. And Mary is, you know, pure as the driven snow. She doesn't <laughs> she like can't to lie. lie. She can't lie, and then she gets herself into more trouble by continuing to lie and getting a little bit deeper. And then eventually, all hell breaks loose, and she has to fess up. And then Rhoda and guess where her and guess where her cavity is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But then Rhoda ends up kind of saving the day by lying for her, yeah. in a way. Uh, and my my first thought is, you're making the good girl pure, and and her foil, who's the the the, the bad rebel girl, yeah. lie with impunity, and she's perfectly okay with this. So one could have a whole conversation about honesty, yeah, or about what people do to get their way um but i th- i i don't think that that was necessarily anything that was planned for this episode i think it had more to do with just the silliness of it and the yeah. and the let's put some weird characters in here to see how these two women who are quite different from each other play off against them well yeah and it's really interesting to watch mary cuz she's so reactionary 
I mean, it's you could put Mary Richards in a room on her own and she would be and she would be hilarious. You could put her in any situation and she'd be funny. She's she's a, a surprisingly gifted f- physical comedian and just she her is. facial expressions alone. She is. But you know, it, watching her in such an uncomfortable position makes you cringe. Oh, my God. These people are horrible. And yes. that in and of itself, you know, we're going through the episode and I'm like, Okay, so this is interesting. They're basically just trying to allude to the fact that if you're divorced, you're a loser. And if you're divorced, you have no redeeming qualities because if you did, you wouldn't be divorced. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I found some statistics through the CDC the other day that around 1970, there were, you know, it was kind of difficult to read the graph, but ballpark, there were over 2 million marriages at around that time okay in the united states as a whole something to the or Two no million marriages so like no, it during- must have been per capita or something i don't know there was some ratio but for every 200 merit for every two million marriages there were approximately something like five hundred thousand divorces so at that time 20, that's a 25 percent divorce, uh, divorce rate. rate yeah so that's half of what it is now yeah right? which makes sense which makes sense yeah but and this is still modern america yes so it's still kind of Divorce wasn't yet something that people were really talking about. No. Like it wasn't it wasn't exactly the 1950s where it was incredibly shameful and you had to jump through all of these heinous hoops and as we've already discussed, you know, in the opening for the first episode, at this time the no-fault divorce law had come into That's effect, right? right? That's so right. prior you, to that you had to go to Reno. Exactly. <laughs> so no more trips to Reno. Nope. You know, but it was still kind of shunned do you remember what that was like at the time growing up because like your parents stayed together yes but you must um, have trying. known divorced uh, I'm, I'm thinking now that now that you mention it do what did did we know any divorced people actually i remember there was a divorced relative distant relative in my childhood even before we came to canada and it was all very hush hush it was it was considered bad form to talk mm-hmm. about it like a bad disease, you know, it might be catching. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew a lot of unhappy couples. Yeah. So people, and you have to think in terms of women, and women stayed in bad marriages because they had no recourse. Yeah. They had no recourse in terms of, of earning their own keep in a lot of cases, especially if they had young children. So the choice to get divorced came along with, women's um financial independence right because uh i mean men had to pay alimony but there weren't a lot of laws that kept them to that um obligation necessarily okay so now as we know from this episode most of these people pretended to be divorced to get into a social club in order to meet other people or to get or to get free or to get free trips to paris cheap trips to to paris because um, that's the way it breaks down is they, you know, they're looking for some, they're, it's kind of appropriate because the episode starts as reaching as it kind of continues. Murray, the, uh, the guy who re- who writes all of the scripts and everything and preps the, the news stories for the, no, not the producer. Murray is the friend that works in the de- on the desk next right. to her. And what's asks, his title? I think he's just a showrunner or he's oh, okay. a writer. Or he's okay. something to do with that. I'll okay. double check. But he, you know, he's struggling to come up with something for the end of the show. Right. He, you know, he's always asking Mary, did you hear anything? Did you see anything funny in the newsroom? Did you see anything interesting in the newsroom? Did you see 
anything in the newsroom because I need something. And then he goes to, I guess, the like the prompter as all of the things are coming off, you know, the news, the, whatever feed machine they have at the time that's printing, you know, this just in, da 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 So he <laughs> finds, I guess, before this... Before the internet? Before the internet, when it would just be whatever. Paper. Reams of paper. Exactly, just printing off um, and from, I guess, the Associated Press or something to that effect. Right, right. So he goes in and he finds this thing that's talking about the Better Luck Next Time Club and isn't this kind of sad? And Mary's like, yes. oh, well, I think that's unfair. And being very merry and very happy and, and pleasant. And like, oh, well, that's not very nice. And he's like, tough, we've got nothing. So with their nothing, they air that. Rhoda sees the broadcast and is like, hey, did you know that they also offer these charter flights? We should go for a meeting. She twists Mary's arm and, you know, convinces her to pretend to be a once married, now divorced woman so that they can go to France so she can speak Spanish. And <laughs> Because that makes a lot of sense. Because that makes a ton of sense. And they get there, and everybody's absurd, and everybody's strange, and then the information about the charter flights is put off. Of course it is, because it's, you know, kind of like, it seems like a timeshare Because it's, yeah. Where it's like, no, yeah. we'll talk about that next time. Oh, it's next time? Yeah, no, maybe we'll talk about that at the next meeting. It's mm. just never quite the right time, so they keep you coming in. And all of these people are just absurd. So they start lying more and more and more to find out, you know, when are we going to get fine? Th- their goal was just to show up, go to this meeting, and then get the information about the charter flights, disappear for six months, and then take advantage of it. Which possibly. obviously, possibly. Possibly. I think I think it was also kind of a, a, a meat market, too. Yeah. There's, there, there's It definitely that. presents itself as yeah. a meat market. But everybody's terrible. Yes. They're all awful. And there's just, and it really doesn't go anywhere. It's kind of, I don't know, I guess they're frank about it from the get-go. Because, again, Marie is like, we've got nothing. Give us something. And, yeah. this is what, and this is what we get as an audience. And I think it's really interesting, even, even the title of the club, Better, Better Luck, Luck Next time. time. It's like, you're such a loser for having been divorced. Yeah. And it's like, ah. Uh, I must say, I, I kind of like Rhoda's unapologetic approach to all of this. I'm going to say whatever I want and I'm going to lie and I'm going to get my trip to Paris and I'm okay with this. Oh, she's committed to the bit. Yeah. She's totally committed. But then again, she's, again, she's that perfect foil for Mary. She is. She she really is. She has no scruples. No. And she's fat, and she's wonderful because of it. Yes. Whereas Mary is full of scruples, and unfortunately, that gets in and her and way. And ties herself up in knots. Like oh, you almost physically see her tying herself up in knots yeah. to not offend and to try and be honest and to get herself out of the predicament that she mm-hmm. finds herself in. And you kind of go, ah, just suck it up, girl. Yeah, just, just, just get on with it. Just either get on with it and lie and get what you need. Right. And just you're not hurting anybody who cares no. until, you know, she gets nominated to be vice president of the and, uh, yes. organization. Because that's something that you do after you've been in a club for a day. That, but that's only because she has really, really nice teeth. That's true. That's true. Dr. Crazy, Udall, the dentist, dentist, is insane. He has a tooth fetish. It's so insane. No, he's a gum man. He's Remember? a gum man. He's a gum oh, man. Right, right, not right. a tooth sorry, man. He's sorry. a gum man. Richard, you are one in a million. You're, you're a dentist dream. I, I, you know, I, uh, may I? Oh, please. You know, <laughs> you know, not enough people really care about their teeth, or for that matter, their gums. Say, uh, professionally speaking, I'm a, I'm a gum man myself. <laughs> Do you, by any chance, uh, keep up with gums? 
Well, uh, not any more than I've needed just to get along. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you uh, might have heard lately that uh, teeth themselves are nowhere. I mean, teeth are still teeth, God bless them, but, uh, <laughs> but people are finally realizing that gums are where it's at. You are divorced. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. As I well know. Um, did you ever feel like you were poor? Like I was a loser? Yeah. <laughs> like for um, that specifically. Like the way, because again, in this episode, you know, they might not have gone deep with this, but there's no but reason we why we can't talk about it, right? I, 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 th- I, think, I think it's too strong to say that I felt like a loser. But I felt a little, I don't know if the word unhinged is the right word. I mean, I was married to your father for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And um, we got married in 1978. So that was not quite as early as this 1970 it was it was early enough that things were still relatively conventional and you don't expect to get divorced but you grow apart and things happen um, but I think after dad and I got divorced I think it was more a sense of I have to redefine myself mm-hmm. as a single person and that was that took a little bit of, of getting my head around how I thought of my own identity Mm-hmm. Because for 18 years, I was a married woman with children, with a job, with a career, with, you know, a very full life. And now I had to be still myself, but this big part of my identity, which is a married woman, had to be redefined. Mm-hmm. And over the course of time, we we certainly lost friends um, because people take sides even though no one has asked them to take sides. No. And, and that can be quite hurtful. I, feel, uh, if, I can see that feeling a bit like abandonment. Yeah. And as much as you don't want to take it personally and say, it's because of me, you kind of do. Well, yeah, I think that's, I th- that's an unavoidable feeling, I think, in the whole thing. Now, yeah. Granted, you know, from the yeah. kid's perspective, I never, you guys never, never made us feel that way. Yeah. In fact, I distinctly remember the night you brought us, you brought us into your bedroom and sat us down and said, mommy and daddy need to talk to you. This is what's happening. It has nothing to do, do with, with you. you. We, we love you. We love you very much. Yep. You'll still be around. Like that we, gave was, you the, we gave you the proper spiel. You gave us the spiel, the yeah. appropriate spiel. Right. And it was, yeah, I mean, I've always <laughs> been in and out of therapy since I was 16, and I've always joked with every single therapist, <laughs> my parents' divorce has never affected me negatively. And my, this is true. My, my reason guys, for being in therapy is not because my it, parents got divorced. Exactly. That's always she, like the early question. She, what, 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 was your, what was that like? What, was your, what were your parents' relationship like? Oh, they divorced oh really tell me more about that no that there's literally nothing to say no. they were co- they were super cool they're like old friends now it's awesome yeah it's, it's great true. like i thanked them repeatedly um but there is thank you for getting divorced yeah seriously yeah. but there is later on in the series in season four or is it three i think yeah, i think it's season three there's lou starts to have issues with his wife the uh oh, okay uh, uh what's his name ed Ed Asner? Ed Asner. Ed Asner, yeah. His character. And that episode, actually, I can't remember what it was called. It was Lou and Edie, I think, was his wife's name. I'd have to double check. Yes, I think it is Edie. So it's something about Lou and Edie, I think, is something that's Mm. that's the name of the episode. And 
they deal with the fact that they're having marital issues and later on down the line they're trying to help him get a date so we'll see this as we get to it that they actually do wind up tackling the issue of divorce and possibly in a more in uh, a more profound way right especially comprehensive way especially considering that particular episode this episode it's interesting that there is a connection there this episode was written by treva silverman i saw that yeah treva silverman wrote she wrote 16 episodes of the mary tyler moore show and she won two emmys for her work on the show in 1974 which was uh, season four? season four, season three. Again, it was right. around the time of this other episode about oh, Lou. Okay. She wrote the episode about Lou mm-hmm. uh, and his troubled marriage and presumably separation. And that's the episode that won the Emmy. And that year, not only did that episode win an Emmy for like best script or what, what have you, she won an Emmy herself for best writer of the year for writing that episode. That's amazing. So I think we're going to get to see a lot more weight in terms of how they're right. managing and discussing this. This was the- still early days, I think. It so was. maybe they, they, they weren't ready to tackle. Or maybe, I don't know that it's not being ready to tackle those things. But as you said earlier, it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. And they want to keep it light. Yeah. And it's still, and, this, is uh, a, this is a staunch reminder of, this episode is very much just a no, you know, no strings attached, yeah. silly, goofy. Yeah. You silly know. characters cartoonish characters yeah. um and you you see the two women kind of develop a little bit for us as the audience mm-hmm. develop a little bit uh, and we we get to see who they are and how they react and how they play off against each other mm-hmm. which is fun to see and even how fastidious is that the correct term how fastidious Mary is? Yes. Like with their, the, when we see them together, yeah. her and Rhoda at the beginning, they're exercising, oh, they're yeah. doing their aerobics and Mary is, and snap, and she's very perfect in her, you know, positions yes. and she's yes. committed and now you jog on spot and, and Rhoda's just kind of half-assing everything and like barely lifting her feet off the yeah. ground while she's just well, bantering. Well, I, I think this is also the, you know, perfect Mary Richards with yes. fat, girl, fat girl foil. Y- yeah. Although I do like that they don't actually make her fat. I definitely, no. I'm definitely more of a Rhoda. I look at Rhoda, <laughs> I'm like, I see we myself. Well, yeah, nobody's yeah. as perfect as Mary. No, no, she's an unattainably perfect person. She is. Except she's such a geek when it comes to being in difficult situations that she kind of makes up for her. If she handled those difficult, awkward situations with a plum, you'd really hate her because she's too perfect. Like this, you can see her vulnerability yeah. as, a, as a human being, that she has all this other stuff kind of under control. Yeah. But she's she's shy almost in a way. Mm-hmm. No, she's not shy. She, she can be awkward in social situations. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you can see, like, to be fair, I mean, I'm very much like, oh, I'm more of a Rhoda. If I was in that position... I'd probably be as awkward and insecure as, as she is. Wouldn't we all? Yeah, because you don't yeah. want to be the person. It's it's really easy to say. You'd be blunt and frank. and But up. that's easy because we're on this side of the screen. Yes. <laughs> when you're in that situation, it's infinitely like, harder. Ah, yeah, no. So despite this being a bit of a, you know, kind of, throwaway episode of just goof and silliness it was uh she's still she's still mary richards and ultimately that's still very much a character that is that is relatable even if this is an entirely absurd situation this is like the ultimate this is this is a very sitcom-y episode the only other thing i i would say and i'm just looking at a little note that i made 
um, when they ask, when they first come in and get registered, yeah, um, and it's like Mrs. Richards, because in those days you stayed with your husband's name. The idea that you got divorced and then you went back to your maiden name mm. that was just not done. Yeah, you were Mrs. Richards, Mrs. Richards until you either died or got remarried in which case then you could be mrs jones right well yeah and that explains why they react so strangely when yes. rhoda says ms morgenstern right like ms about those applications could mary and i just take them and fill them out ourselves oh certainly if it makes it easier mrs um miss morgenstern rhoda morgenstern miss morgenstern ah uh, he thought it was in the best interest of the space program that I retain my maiden name. <laughs> the program you were married to an astronaut. Which one? Oh, please, I'd rather not say any more. You know how it is. Word gets out, people start hitting you up for moon rocks. <laughs> Excuse me? No, yes. the term Ms. had not been coined yet. No? I don't think so. We'll have to look that up. For the next episode. I just always assumed that that was a thing. MS? MS? No. Yeah. Like really? Ms. Magazine? No, the, ter- the term never existed. Wait, it was, so if you were unmarried... You were a Miss. M-I-S-S. Not M-S. So what's the difference? M-S is of indeterminate marital status. Because you're marital... Distinctly. Sta- yes. Whereas Miss is... Miss is unmarried and Mrs. is married. Absolutely. You didn't know this? I did not know this. Oh, my God. Well, I you, assumed that Ms. was was unmarried. No, Ms. is... Ms. Just ambiguous. Ms. is ambiguous, just like Mr. But Mr., there are no differences. Exactly. There's only Mr. and then... There's Master for a, for a youngster before they become of age. Oh, I think that was... But that, but that was... That, in, we're that talking was, like Anne of Green Gables time with that. Exactly. So the reason why the term Ms. was coined is in order to make it to make a woman's merit, marital status irrelevant and and ambiguous because why should it be of any why should it be of any consequence that you have misses or miss in front of your name if you're applying for a job for example or if you're applying for a visa card or a bank loan I don't like that. This is absolutely I didn't know true. that. I've just always thought of, you yeah. know, I've always referred to myself as a Ms. Anytime I'm signing documents and or I, and if I, I must too. check it if off. you must check off the box. And I, I check do too. Off. Even though I am now married, the idea that I But you don't subscribe am, to those. Co- I don't. I, I don't see how it's relevant to anything unless I'm applying for, you know, whatever, life insurance and I want my husband to be the beneficiary. But even so, I could still be Ms. You could still be, be Ms. fine. So we'll have to look up for next time we have a conversation about women's status and divorce and singledom, singledom um, when the term Ms. MS was coined. Yeah. Because as you know, there's Ms. Magazine that was... Um, I didn't actually. There's Ms. Magazine that has been around since know. the 70s and it was Gloria Steinem who was the founding editor. Oh, okay. Well, so that, that makes, makes sense. sense. But I don't know when that actually happened. I wonder if that was when the term... If that's... Where that, that made, stemmed maybe, from. Maybe we'll have an episode about that. Who knows? Maybe we will. I don't know. There you go. Man, if there are any dudes listening, seriously, you guys have it really good and have had it really good pretty much always. So you never had to, you know, whether or not you were married never mattered. Nope. Whether or not we're married does. Yes, indeed. Oh, man, history's screwed. <laughs> but here we are. And a nice short and sweet episode for you so you can... 
you know, go back and listen to some of our, some of the, the more heady episodes about deeper topics, or go ahead and listen to further episodes as they come up. But next week, let's see what we have next week. I think it might be another light one, if I'm not mistaken. Episode five, which is Keep Your Guard Up. Mary helps out a luckless former pro football player who wants to be WJM's new sportscaster. So, yeah, I think it might be a little bit of a light one. Although, we'll see. There might be some issues of race involved. He... He's a black man. Yeah. And he becomes a regular on the show. He does. And he's a, quite a likable guy. So that might be a because, thing. Because he really, um, uh, he's a good foil for Ted. Because Ted's such an idiot. Ted is such an idiot. <laughs> and that was, how did we not talk about that? The fact that he's worried that if he says that his favorite dessert is baked Alaska, people are going to think he's gay. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. It's food. It's You're food. fine. Relax. You're allowed to eat whatever you want. I'd be more concerned about what comes out of your mouth than what you're putting in uh, it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, folks, thanks for tuning in. You can find us on iTunes, of course. Go subscribe to the show there. You can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and the Pocket Casts app. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter at After All Podcasts. Same for Facebook. And shoot us an email at afterallpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's afterallpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us each individually on Twitter as well. I'm at APHIS8 if you're interested in looking up my own meandering thoughts. Mom, you're on there as well, I think I'm at Sylvia McCon. Yeah, we're creative with our names. Aren't we, though? We are. But thanks for joining us, folks. And tune in next time. And thanks for listening. Thank you.